0: Welcome back to Bets with Jeff Clark. I'm Jeff Clark. How's it going? I got in Dan Z here to help me try to minimize the damage that the NCAA tournament is doing to my life and my bankroll. Holy smokes. Was the round of 64 and round of 32 not fun. Dan, how did it go for you?
1: I'm trying to remember what picks I gave out. Like I told you guys, I'm not a big bet on college basketball games. I like brackets. I like filling out a ton of brackets. Um I like the survivor pool that you sent me, although I got my ass knocked out of that pretty quickly thanks to falling into that damn Missouri trap, which was such a trap and I knew it. Um I'm trying to remember what picks I gave out, but I feel like I hit some of the stuff that I put in a lot of brackets. So I must have given out FAU as a sleeper team. So I feel pretty good about that. Um I had Arkansas beating Kansas in a few brackets, so I probably talked about Arkansas. So that's good. I don't know. I I think it was pretty good. I, I hit some stuff that I feel like other people didn't, so I feel pretty good. Except, of course, I did give out Arizona as champion, and that uh, that one didn't didn't quite go as planned.
0: No, it didn't. I gave out. I backed far too many Mountain West teams, and yeah. I spend a lot of time like researching the stuff, and for whatever reason. The articles that I read didn't mention the fact that Mountain West does not win NCAA tournaments. I like San Diego State. They've played well in this tournament, and I was never going to—
1: That was the one I backed, so I'll take that. I also thought Furman was going to beat Virginia, so that made San Diego State's path very easy, if you think about it. I mean, is San Diego State really that great? Like, Well, they beat Charleston by six, and then they played Furman in the second round. It's like one of those super easy draws. And now they're going to play Alabama and probably get waxed.
0: That's fair. But they handled Furman. They beat the crap out of Furman. Yeah, they squeaked past Charleston, but, I mean, you can't really.
1: Yeah, but, like, Furman, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, you're right. I mean, Furman's not terrible reg- with regards to, like, small schools winning turn- winning their conference tournament. But, like, they beat a supremely overrated Virginia team. Furman did. I don't know. I don't know how much stock I'm putting into you know, it's like San Diego State beat Furman by less than Alabama beat Maryland by.
0: Um, that's fair, but I mean, I think it was a twenty-three point win for San Diego State. It's hard to really criticize them for that if they handle business. Oh no, I'm sorry. Furman. Oh, you're
1: right. I, I, I'm sorry. I, you're right. And they did beat them by one point more. They beat them by twenty-three. For some reason, the math in my head said seventeen. I have no idea why. And Alabama won by twenty-two. I'm not criticizing them for it. I'm just saying, like, I don't, I don't like. What is the line on Alabama, San Diego State? Because if it's less than five, I'm hammering Alabama.
0: Um, it is. It's on Friday and it's seven and a half.
1: Right, that's what I figured. Good number. So that's. I mean, I would have hammered it. At, like that's the perfect number because I would have hammered it at five, and I probably would have hammered San Diego at like nine. So of course, it's right in the middle.
0: Um, the best win that I probably had in the first round was I took San Diego state minus five and a half against Charleston. That was a lucky front door cover. That wasn't like my best analysis or the, 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 I don't know, the biggest ATS win that I got, but, um, it's the one that made me feel the best. I'll tell you that.
1: Oh, I'm sure you saw this, but you saw uh, our leader, Clay Travis, posted about the Gonzaga backers in the, the TCU game. Did you see that?
0: What do you mean? I saw the, I saw the whole game. What, what did he post, though, specifically?
1: Well, like, the line was five and a half, and, you know, TCU was down six with .7 seconds left. They rolled the ball past half court. The dude picks it up, chucks a three, and hits it tcu covers
0: oh you're talking about the bad b it closed at four and a half i I gave it out either way it's
1: still it's still a miss right like yeah yeah, because it was a six point game like that's that swung the spread no matter how you look at it on a meaning like 0.7 seconds left inbounding from under their own hoop down six like how many times out of 100 are you not covering anything above three and a half there
0: i mean you'd round up to 100 Th- to cover that yeah, spread like the right, they exactly. did, the, yes. hardest, the hardest shot in basketball is picking the ball off the ground and shooting a three-pointer. They rolled the ball 60 feet with 0.7 seconds. No one felt like touching it. It rolled perfectly like in front of the hoop. He picked it up, shot it. You didn't need the replay. You saw it was good out of his hands, and it went you know, straight through, and he made it. Yeah, I was on Gonzaga, which was – honestly so fitting that was the perfect end of my week it was just like yes that is that I I had that coming to me I don't know what I did to to deserve that but it was just it pretty much summed up my weekend um and I don't know people are talking about that as like the worst beat ever I don't think so because I bet the Atlanta Falcons plus three in Super Bowl 51 and I I think that's that's maxed. That's peaked out. Like I don't think you can have a worse beat than that.
1: Hmm. I mean, it's a bad one for sure.
0: I mean, Atlanta was covering for because they went to overtime. I think sixty four minutes, right?
1: Yeah. Plus, you had three, which means even if the Patriots kick a field goal, at least you push.
0: Right. <laughs> right. Like I that to me in my head is the worst bet I've I've ever lost. But. Some of the winners I had under Tennessee, Louisiana, Lafayette. Uh, I believe I gave out under Arkansas, Illinois. Maybe not. Um, the unders had,
1: went nuts, dude. Like, under was just, well, it was like 75% in the first yeah, round. I think it was like That's 32 wild. out of
0: 22 uh, 32 and 12 or something like that. I don't know if that so math did, adds up, but.
1: I did throw down like a cheap parlay, like, first couple games Saturday round of whatever, like, an under parlay. And then, of course, the overs just start rolling in.
0: Yeah, and it turned into like a rare instance where the public caught wind of this and they started betting unders.
1: Um, That's probably when the over started.
0: <laughs> I, I might have given out one of the unders that I won in a written play on outkick.com, dot com, but I know I gave out the over or the under in Auburn Houston, which should have been a rock fight. Those are two defensive oriented teams, and that one went over. Which is just another like example of how bad I'm either handicapping or running or both. Like it doesn't it, it, to bet or to 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 have one of the twenty eight percent overs connect on the under that you gave out, especially two defensive minded teams is it's an embarrassment, frankly. But we're here to hopefully get some of it back. Um, I need to pretty much. Just go nuclear here in the sweet sixteen into the national championship and probably up the betting if i'm gonna if I'm gonna break even based on the the hole that I've put myself in. so let's get going with the um Thursday um sweet or excuse me yeah Thursday sweet sixteen matchups. The first one is a six thirty eastern standard tip off seven seed Michigan State playing Kansas State the three seed in the garden it's the East region. Uh, Michigan State has moved up to a two-point favorite. The over-under is
1: 137.5. This is kind of a wild spread that the seven seed is favored here over the region's three seed. And it's also a reminder, it's not like Kansas State has done anything in this tournament where you're like, they shouldn't be, you know what I mean? Like, they beat Kentucky, um, which is a good win, and they handled the game pretty well, and they, you know, whatever. Like, Michigan State beat Marquette, but, like, it's another reason why Vegas should just seed the NCAA tournament, right? Like, let them tell you who the best teams are.
0: Yeah. Just go off of their numbers.
1: Because this is just straight neutral court, and they're like, the seven seed in this bracket is better than the three seed. Like, how is that not seen as a massive mistake by the tournament committee? That a team that's four seeds underneath is favored on a neutral court?
0: I feel like the... Tournament committee is just pretty much middle managers. Like, if they're not doing the selection committee, there's going to be a whole bunch of people out of jobs. And we can't have that.
1: Fair. <laughs> like, is it? All right, let's see. Is any other team? Like, everyone else is the, the higher seed's favored? So I guess you could argue, like, well, the rest of it's sort of right.
0: Yeah. And to be fair, the market opened with Kansas State as a slight favorite or the, the spread open with Kansas State as a slight favorite. So, so let me ask people you, are coming is, in on Michigan
1: State. I've been doing a lot of research on this because I need Michigan State to win for most of my brackets because I actually have them winning and, and making it to the uh, the Elite Eight. What's interesting to me about Michigan State, and I've been doing some research, like they have not played very well in either of their two games. So the argument is either they haven't played their best and are still managing to win. So look out when they do play their best. Or their insane run of luck is about to end. And which camp do you sort of fall in? Because, they I mean, they shot, what, one for 12 from three against Marquette? And, no, I'm sorry, two for 16. Marquette hit nine more threes than they did. Marquette actually shot 41% from three and lost the game by nine points. That's pretty wild.
0: Yeah. That tells me there's just... It's just Izzo. Everyone knows that, and I think that's why everyone's betting Michigan State, or that's why they moved to a favorite in this spot.
1: But they hit 83% of their free throws, which, as we both know, is not consistent at the college level. And that was a big reason why they won the game. And if you go, like, well, Michigan State's just a good free throw shooting team, well, they shot 64% in the first round. So it's not that they just shoot 80% from the line. Actually, they shot 60%, 15 to 25 in the first round. So it was a clear upper variance game for them from the free throw line. So, again, it's like, all right, but, you know, they shot two for 16 from three. Are they going to shoot two for 16 from three? That's pretty low. Like, I don't – It's that's why handicapping these games is so hard. Like, which which is it? Can you shoot or can't you shoot, Michigan State? Please tell me.
0: Well, they've been a good three-point shooting team the whole season, but they – again, they hit, what, nine fewer threes in Marquette. So – Again, that's not why they won, but they're capable of hitting those. Um, they don't get to the line very often. They've uh, made
1: seven three pointers in two games in the tournament. Michigan State has, and yeah, they've given up eighteen,
0: which isn't a formula for winning. Being, it's not. No, if your opponents are hitting eleven more three pointers than you, then you, they should have been they should have been beaten in one of these two tournament games.
1: Well again, the question is so and it's it, it comes back to the free throw line. So Michigan State out attempted Marquette from the line by nine and they out attempted USC from the line by a lot. I had just had the number, but uh, USC only shot 11, I'm uh, sorry, eight free throws in the entire game. Michigan State shot 25. Now some of that was probably I don't remember that game exactly, but I assume some of it was end of game free throw shooting which it looks like it was, but still Michigan State, I'm sorry, uh, USC only shot eight free throws. So is like, is Michigan State's defense what's doing it here?
0: Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you would suppose, I mean like they're, they have a below average and a good way defensive free throw attempt rate. So they're good at keeping their opponents off the line. And maybe it's like Izzo with like tournament experience, telling coaching his guys up like be aggressive. Like make the refs blow the whistle. And if there's any there's nothing sketchier in this world than college basketball officiating. It it it's unreal to me. I I could go on like a whole diet drive about how terrible college basketball officiating is, but the variance that it causes in these games is it it's it's crazy. But.
1: Well, and that's going to be a big story here because Noel for Kansas State and Sills combined, two guards, shot 18 free throws against Kentucky. So they can get to the line. <laughs> they just showed that. Kansas State shot 22 free throws, which I believe is more than Michigan State's allowed combined in two games, or it might be the same. But either way, Kansas State gets to the line. So that's going to be, just looking at it, a major key. Like, can Kansas State continue to get to the line against Michigan State? like they did against Kentucky. And you know, that was obviously very important to their win over Kentucky, but Michigan state doesn't allow that to happen. So I'm kind of, I think talking myself into Michigan state here, that might be confirmation bias.
0: I'm passing on the game. Um, Michigan state has just fucked me over so bad over the years. Like it's, they ruined my bracket in my freshman year of college in 2004. And like You're
1: still holding that against them?
0: No, it's just like
1: <laughs> it's
0: it, been that's twenty how, years, bud. How, You gotta let that, it go. But that's what I'm saying. They've been doing it for twenty years. I just remember that specifically because it was my freshman year of college, and I think Michigan State was like a nine seed, and they made it to the final four. And one of my one of the guys that had that um, the, my buddy that won the bracket that year had Michigan State going to the final four. Um, but they, they're also like the outlier in my Big Ten is the most out, overrated basketball conference in the sport because they're the only Big Ten team that has won a national championship in the last 25 years. So I think the Izzo thing um, obviously factors in. And
1: Well, Kansas State's kind of similar to um, to Michigan State in that they rely on veteran guard play. Um, like I just mentioned, they got to the free throw line a ton. They didn't shoot very well from three either, Kansas State. Five for twenty-one, twenty-four percent against Kentucky. Like they won at the line. They won with their guards. That's kind of what Michigan State does. So, you know, I guess something's gotta give. I I know both guards for Kansas State were all Big 12 performers. Ah, man. I don't know. I don't know. That little the little guy, as as Cal, did Calipari called him, the little kid, and he got shit for it.
0: Yeah, Noelle Marquise Noel. he
1: could play. I mean, he played, he can. He played so well, but like, is that him? I guess is the question.
0: Well, it doesn't have to be him for an extended period of time, right? This is,
1: um, I don't know, like a
0: low, uh, what you call it.
1: Well, one thing that's going to be interesting to me. This is a little inside baseball, but I did some some prep work on Michigan state and a kid they've started using more. Uh, he's a freshman and his name is Carson Cooper. And he's six foot 11, 230 pounds, a tall, lanky kid. He was like an all state goalie in soccer. And he's a freshman. He didn't play much this year. He only played one minute in the, their loss in the big 10 tournament. He'd only played like, you know, 15 minutes in the past, like three games before that combined. Well, suddenly his minutes have ticked up in the tournament. He played 13 minutes against USC, played 16 minutes against Marquette. And just having a guy like that – and he had four fouls against Marquette, by the way. So Izzo was like leaving him on the floor even though he was committing fouls left and right. Um, but just having a kid like that in the middle of the defense I think is going to be interesting to see how five foot eight Noel handles getting into the lane with that dude just lurking with those. His wingspan is ridiculous, this kid. So I'm, I'm. These are all things I'm interested in, but I, I think I think I like Michigan State here. I think I do. I think I've talked myself into it.
0: Uh, Kansas State was like a sleeper for mine, or for me to win the Big Twelve tournament. And when they got bounced out quickly,
1: I both actually of them, both of these teams actually lost their first tournament, uh, conference tournament game.
0: Yeah, Kansas State was going to be like one of my sleepers in just postseason play. And then they got bounced out early in the Big Twelve, and I. Which, overreacted by the way, to that probably.
1: But see, doesn't it seem like teams that win their conference tournament, like flame out in the tournament, like that was the run. And then these are the teams that it, I, I will, I want to go back and look and see where each team finished in their conference tournament. That's still alive now. Cause Tennessee didn't make it very far.
0: No, I'm pretty sure that I had Kansas state advancing the Elite eight, but I thought they could have been a final four team um, before going to the big 12. And then they lost. And that like, I, don't know, I almost not know. I overreacted good, I almost, to
1: that. Yeah, I almost think it's a good thing. I really almost think it's a good
0: thing. I've read, I've read opinions that are like the, the conference tournament legit means nothing to the, the NCAA as long as you're tournament. In. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Like a lot of these teams, Kansas State being one of them, is just like they were guaranteed an at large bit. So like why ultimately like maybe the motivation isn't there. And, That's what I always wonder. And it's just like you're playing it's different playing, obviously teams that you've played two or three times during the regular well, two times in the regular season then playing teams that you haven't played before I know right. so the only look that I'd have here it's a lean I would go under 137 and a half pretty sure that's ticked up from 136 and a half uh, Michigan State has a really sketchy shot profile they shoot far too many like contested mid-range jumpers don't take enough threes um, I think Izzo's tournament experience should help them control the tempo. They're 299th in pace, the the Spartans are. Neither team should get a lot of free throws, believe it or not, because um, Kansas State, their their free throw rate is pretty low. Um, Or, excuse me, Michigan State's free throw rate is pretty low, and Kansas State's defensive free throw rate is really low. So I don't... I don't high think in the
1: tournament though. Be careful.
0: Right, 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 right. That's why it's only a lean. Um, Kansas State's three point defense is elite, but they can't shoot any three pointers. Their ball security is awful, though. the The Wildcats and and but Michigan State doesn't force a lot of turnover, so I think it's going to be a slower paced game. That's all I got though. This one.
1: I think if it's a slower paced game, that favors Michigan State.
0: I agree, but. I don't like that enough to, like, bet on it, to be honest. I don't probably spent too much time, at least for me, talking about a game that I, I'm not going to put any action in.
1: I uh, spent a lot of time researching this one. I have a lot less to say about the other ones.
0: Really? That's surprising. Yeah. Uh, the next game, Arkansas, 8-seed versus 4-seed UConn in the West region. Kind of weird. Uh, playing in Las Vegas. It's a seven fifteen tip-off Thursday. Uh I like Arkansas here, plus four going against
1: the big east three and a half it's three and a half right now, it looks like so oh looks it looks like you're you might be on the right side of that. Cause it I have it DraftKings right now as of this moment, three and a half at minus one o five
0: hmm okay, everyone loves Yukon, Ken Palm loved Yukon this year, so everyone's kind of shown up late they they fit one of the formulas, which is having uh, a top 25 offense of offensive efficiency, top 25 defensive efficiency. Arkansas's defense is, is pretty terrible, but they have two strength on weakness edges over the Huskies. Arkansas is 63rd in defensive turnover rate. Yukon, a little clumsy with the ball. They're 234th in offensive turnover rate. The Razorbacks crash the glass um, really well, but Yukon is, is a good defense, but uh, the Razorbacks' aggressiveness gets them to the free-throw line. Granted, they're not a very good free-throw shooting team, but if you can get the Huskies into foul trouble, maybe that uh, plays that kid uh, Sango. Is that his name? Adam Sinogo. Is- I think it's Sinogo. San- I, yeah, yeah, I believe
1: it's Sonogo. Yeah.
0: So if the Razorbacks can be aggressive like they usually are, they're 23rd in offensive free-throw rate. Huskies are at 319 in defensive free-throw rate. Maybe they can get them off the court here, uh, get – Well, Sonogo off the court. Um, They have a higher dunk rate. They attempt a higher rate of close threes or close two-pointers, excuse me. Um, Razorbacks actually are 15th in average proximity to the basket on their shots. The Huskies are 259th defensively in that metric, so they allow a lot of close looks. Obviously, Arkansas needs to, to, to make those, but Ken Palm gives UConn a six-point fa- uh, edge over Arkansas. And everyone who gambles on college basketball is looking at KenPom.com, right? But the betting market disagrees with KenPom. So I'm going to side with the betting market here.
1: And, I don't know if you've noticed this. This, this is kind of weird, but, like, yeah. I never noticed the broadcast mentioning KenPom as much as I noticed them mentioning it this year. Did you
0: notice that? Mm, no, I haven't.
1: Okay, maybe I'm crazy. I never really felt like Ken Palm was... Like, it was just kind of like this thing. But, you know, most of these companies talk about their own metrics because they have their own thing. But this year, a lot of the broadcasters on TV were mentioning Ken Palm rankings. And I was like, huh. that's." I don't remember that being a a theme in, in previous years. So, I don't know. Sorry. I didn't mean to derail you there, but...
0: No, I just... I watch a ton of games and, like sometimes the sound will be on golf when when I'm watching like four college basketball games. So I just haven't caught that. Maybe you're right though, but I don't know the biggest reason why I like Arkansas plus the points here. a it's a sketchy, it's a sketchy number, right? Everyone likes UConn and 70% of the bets are on UConn, but the total, the, the spread is ticking down. So it feels like the sports books are, are laying a bit of a trap here. It's, it's eerily similar to Tennessee versus Duke. And one of our coworkers, uh, Gunzelman, or, he gets mad when I call him by his full name, Guns. The Guns Show. Yeah. He, and, and one of our slide channels, he was just like, uh, 80% of the money is on Duke. We got to take Tennessee. And this is after I already gave out Duke over Tennessee. And I was like, yeah, no, you're right. You should just bet Tennessee. Like, <laughs> I like the matchup for Duke. And then I saw all the betting splits, and I was like, "You know what? I'm clearly wrong here. <laughs> I knew it going. I knew my bet was dead going into it, and uh we'll talk about Tennessee actually next, but I'm taking Arkansas plus four. Do you have anything in this game
1: no i I like your analysis. I would lean Arkansas as well. I kinda like the over here, but I don't have any strong feelings on it, so."
0: All right, sounds good. Uh, Fort Atlantic ninth seed playing the aforementioned Tennessee volunteers. they are a um, excuse me they're the four seed Fort Atlantic is the ninth seed in the East region Madison Square Garden Thursday nine o'clock tip off. I like Fort Atlantic plus five and a half here because I think this is there's been like a big overreaction to Tennessee beating Duke. Um, I like Duke going into that game, as I just said, um, and I thought it was a good matchup for Duke. But like as you watched it, like Tennessee punked them; right? they were just more physical, and that has a lot to do with Tennessee's edge in experience. Obviously, they're the, the tougher team. But like John Shire, the new coach at Duke, has never been there before. He's got a pretty much a bunch of freshmen, and they were actually missing their starting small forward. Uh Tennessee was plus six in offensive rebounds and plus six in turnovers versus Duke. Florida Atlantic is much better at ball security. Um Duke is 193rd in offensive turnover rate. Florida Atlantic 62nd and they rebound the they rebound it much better than Duke as well, which is kind of surprising considering Duke's size. So I think Florida Atlanta is gonna take those turnovers and offensive rebounds off the table for Tennessee. Tennessee's offense is a question mark still, um, even though they just beat Duke because they don't have their starting point guard. It's one of the better like floor generals in, in uh, college basketball. Per Haslam Metrics, which is a uh, website I shared with you today, another like Ken Palm, Bart Torvik-type advanced analytic uh, college basketball guru. He's got Florida Atlantic trending better via momentum or the momentum metric. They're more consistent. They have a better home uh or away from home net efficiency so i also think there's been too much line movement open with the tennessee vols minus four and a half and it's up to to five and a half so i'm gonna be some of the buyback here
1: uh i'm oppo here if you want to if you want to play it i will um sure the computers love florida atlantic and that makes me pretty nervous. Like every computer system had them as one of the most underseeded teams. Um, I think Ken Palm had them at 22. So obviously that puts them in the, what, like five, six seed range. Um, I had them getting to this point. So I, would like to pat myself on the back, but when you really look at it, like they won a very cl- they were lucky basically to win in the first round. Um, with you know some heroics at the end and then of course they played fairly dickinson in the second round and didn't really look all that impressive to be honest and could have lost that game so to me tennessee has been far more impressive in general i i don't know i just it's something about like that duke win was just so much more impressive than anything fau has done in this tournament especially but then you look at tennessee's first round and you're like three point win over louisiana like what are we doing here Yeah. But they did lead by 18, so that could have been a little foot off the gas type of deal. So I'm going to – I like Tennessee. I do. I'm just going to stick with that.
0: We can go oppo on that one. Um, I'm not ecstatic about it, but Florida Atlantic has – like all five of their shooters can shoot three – or all five of their starters can shoot three, so they could space the floor a little bit. Um, I actually – we were talking I think Tennessee's you... a
1: good team I really like they yeah. you know you talk about the computers love Tennessee too now of course sure. some of that is built in with you know Ziggler, but like they they've been okay without him and I, I don't know that he was as integral as maybe we thought because their offense actually looks like pretty good running through Vescovy like it's different but it kind of looks good like you want to talk about like a kid that can play. Like, Santiago Vescavi, that kid can play. Like, I was watching games with uh, my buddies. They're like, you know, they don't watch that much. But, like, that kid, holy, who's that little guy? Like, he can that he can flat-out ball. So, I kind of like their offense running through him. So, I don't necessarily even think it was that big of a drop-off.
0: So, why do they score 58 points against Louisiana? That's what I don't get.
1: They just stopped scoring. Like, they just stopped.
0: Doesn't sound like that good of an offense. <laughs>
1: I mean, you get a huge lead against an inferior opponent. Like, you don't see that setting in a little bit. Like, all right, you know, we'll be playing again in a couple of days. Like, you know, let's just, let's kind of. Of course, that's natural. Here.
0: Yeah, that's natural. I, I mean, they
1: led, they led by 11 at half. They held Louisiana to 19 points in the first half, which is insane. So, I don't know. I think they probably were just like, this team can't score on us. They just can't. They're not going to.
0: Yeah, just kind of got the lead and sat on it. That's. That's fair analysis. We were oppo and uh, VCU, St. Mary's, earlier that day. And I, this is just me explaining. I, I knew Florida Atlantic was a good team. After you would beat me, you're like, you want to run it back? What else do you like? And I had Memphis actually going to the final four. And that was, you, you texted me right before Memphis and Florida Atlantic uh, tipped off. But, like, I had so much respect for Florida Atlantic, and I read so many good things about them. I was like, I don't like I just think Purdue sucks and one of these teams are going to knock them off and I'm going to take yes. a flyer on Memphis at like plus 1800. That was my whole analysis, but like the head to head matchup I didn't I didn't like so I didn't even accept that bet or even throw that out there. Um but to be honest, I I got absolutely hammered with the homies and I didn't watch one bit of this game. So I had no idea what happened between Fort Atlantic and Memphis. I just woke up and heard Fort Atlantic got lucky in that one.
1: Yeah, it was. Uh, we were actually at Tiger Woods' like putt putt course down in Florida at this point. And they were about to close. They came to an end to like midnight. And they had it on a TV, like in the, because they have like bar and all that. Like it wasn't, we were watching it literally like in the lobby. And like the girl behind the counter is like trying to clean up. And I'm just going like ape shit because I had Florida Atlantic. Like I, you know, it was one of the teams I backed. I had them in the final four and several. And they got, they got a lucky call towards the end where the refs called a jump ball, and I'm not sure a Florida Atlantic player even had his hands on the basketball at the time, and so it was a possession arrow situation. They were down one, and I believe they, they, I can't remember. I think they were about to turn it over, but then man, it, like the, the jump ball is what kept it with them, and then of course they, you know, they hit the the shot with two and a half seconds left to to win the game, but. They, it was questionable. You talk about college basketball officiating. It was a, uh, it was a questionable call.
0: Yeah, I also like read that
1: three, there were three options. There it was give Memphis the timeout, which they tried to call call a foul on Florida Atlantic, or call a jump ball. And to me, jump ball was the third option.
0: Yeah, I just woke up and saw that Kendrick Davis peed his pants, or read that Kendrick Davis peed his pants, and uh, Florida Atlanta or Florida Atlantic kind of stole one there. Um let's go over to the final game of the Thursday slate, a West Region matchup, Gonzaga the 3 seed playing UCLA the 2 seed in Vegas 9:45 Eastern Standard tip off. My lean is Gonzaga plus 2. I had them in the final 4 uh on my bracket, so I lean uh to them because of it and mostly because of UCLA's injuries David Singleton rolled his ankle at the end of the last game they're already down Jalen Clark
1: and I mean it's a uh, rolled ankle I mean he said he he was literally walking on it after the game so I don't I'm not putting a ton of stuff I like Gonzaga too I'm not saying that I'm just not including that as an injury as part of analysis if that makes sense
0: no, that's fair.
1: Um I mean basketball players roll their ankles all the time. He's got four days, he's 21 years old or whatever how old old he is, he'll be fine.
0: It just wasn't he like rolling around the ground in pain. Did he it did, looked, was he dramatic? It,
1: it looked really bad and but all the time like after the game, he was walking. He literally came back, he was walking.
0: Man, like no right.
1: noticeable limp, and the coach was like, He's fine. And he said after the like I'm fine. I rolled my ankle. It hurt really bad initially, but then like I don't think it was as bad. Which we all—I don't know—I've had that happen. Like I've rolled my ankle, and it like felt like I was gonna. My I wanted to have my foot chopped off, and then it was like, okay, this hurts, but like you're fine.
0: Every rolled ankle that I've had has put me out for weeks.
1: That's because you're uh oh, never mind.
0: The uh, only like game that <laughs> I see, or the only like angle that I see in this game for. Like maybe getting to the window on Gonzaga, is that UCLA just shoots too many long contested two pointers? That kid, uh, Yaquez, the worst shot
1: in basketball.
0: Yeah, that kid Yaquez is phenomenal. Right, he balls, but he's hitting a lot of tough shots. Kind of plays like Carmelo Anthony in his prime. And if he if he's cold or if his if his jump shots off. And Gonzaga actually has a couple long defensive wings, um, Strother and and Watson, that can make him work. If he's off, then UCLA's offense could be could be really really ugly in this game.
1: Yeah, the thing about those shots, which is objectively the worst shot in basketball, like anything between the three point line and you know inside the free throw line or outside the free throw line is just a bad shot, generally speaking. But the thing about those shots is like when they go in. They are demoralizing. Like when, when especially when it's contested, you're like, that shot shouldn't go in. Like that, especially when you're betting a game, when they hit the when that shot goes up, you're like, okay, good. That's a great defensive yeah. possession. And then it goes in. You're like, come on. How are you making that shot?
0: Yeah, this is kind of like opposite of what I just said, but like you kind of have to hit those shots if you're gonna win a championship in basketball, both in the NCAA tournament and and in the NBA finals. Like you think about the usual champions outside of Steph Curry, it's the best players on these teams are mostly wings who play a lot of ISO ball that operate in the mid-range. And Yaquez is phenomenal in the mid-range. And if he's good, like like can cover. And we'll, yeah, so, we'll win and, and cover, obviously.
1: So I, I'm in a, uh, a very large bracket pool with like 1,200 people. And I put 10 brackets in because, you know, whatever. I explained this last week. I won't explain it again. I'm not going to be bracket shamed. But one of my brackets is in fourth place um, out of 1,200 entries. And actually, I have another one in sixth place. But that one's a little more dead.
0: Can I ask, out of the 10 brackets, how many different champions do you have?
1: Probably eight. Okay. I
0: hate you, but keep going.
1: So you would just pick the same champion, but then reverse what else? I just
0: happened? have a completely different line. I just... I just would put in one bracket. I am, and you made fun of me about this, or you kind of cut me off with the past last week. Like, don't be a bracket integrity guy, and I never heard of that before, and I didn't classify myself as that, but I am. A I, am a ba- I am a bracket integrity guy. It's a thing, yeah. <laughs> because how do act- you, I just don't, like, I'm putting myself in your shoes. How do you get Please excited do. if one of the brackets win, if like you had eight of them? Like, you can't be like, ah, I called it. It's like, ah. Okay, and Couple you're things, uh, hold on, and you're huge about about nailing
1: your predictions. Sure. So for me, this is about money. It's a five dollar entry, and there's twelve hundred entries, and the winner gets you know over three thousand dollars. So I'm like, yeah, I'll throw fifty bucks on trying to win three thousand bucks. Um, to one
0: contest, all, that's interesting.
1: Yeah, man. Like I don't get why it's a problem. Like my I, my thought process is I want to pick Purdue to lose. I think either of these teams could do it. What's wrong with giving myself both – like, don't you wish you had a bracket with f Because you thought the same thing. Like, I how is that not getting it right is, I guess, what I would ask. If the whole point of that part – of and that's just – it's a very small piece. But, you know, similarly, I had Arkansas winning in a few. But, like, I just didn't like Kansas. I had Kansas going almost nowhere in most of them. Um, sometimes I had them losing to Arkansas. Sometimes I had them losing to St. Mary's, like – These games are basically toss-ups. Like, I don't know. I I view it as still getting it right, even if one of my 10 brackets is the best at a 1,200. Because I still pick them all by hand.
0: No, that's, that's fair. I just, I don't know. I figured you're someone who would... You have the type of personality, in my opinion, that would be a bracket integrity guy. Because you like... I know I know losing money on bets is something you're not trying to do but I get the vibe that you're more about like the analysis and and like just being right is is like a big thing for you and like it doesn't that I, my my thought is like it kind of diminishes the 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 personal win that you get for being right if you have 10 different brackets
1: I see what you're saying but my counter to that would simply be that the NCAA tournament number 1 is basically a crapshoot And I can feel like I was right about things um, doing multiple brackets like we just talked about, you know, getting the Purdue thing right. I got that right. Like whether it was Memphis or FAU picking an eight to beat a eight or a nine to beat a one. I mean, even though Purdue lost in the first round, like I didn't pick Farley Dickinson to win. But don't you still consider that a win that you were right about Purdue? The fact they but like you didn't have them losing in the first round. No, I didn't. But you still consider yourself to be right, right about that about Purdue
0: yeah I just didn't profit off of it I didn't even bet fairly Dickinson I was really hoping to profit off at the next round
1: right like so for me the the NCAA tournament bracket is just so different than anything else in sports and because they're only playing one game um and it's college and it's just there's so much variance like I don't look at it as I just look at I just look at college basketball so much differently than I do other sports that's all
0: understood Moving along and to it, oh, no, go ahead.
1: No, there's 63 games. I mean, like again, you know, no one ever makes a perfect. You like you couldn't even. You can't even accidentally get a perfect bracket. Like it's so. I don't know. All right, just I'm done. My my diatribe's <laughs> <so. laughs> over. Rant over. All right, Friday. My chicken's almost out of the oven though, so we got to wrap this up.
0: Friday, San Diego State, five seed, playing the one seed, Alabama of the South Region. Tip off in Louisville, the Casey Yum Center. That's weird. Is 6:30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I got Alabama winning this whole thing, uh, but my look in this game is under 137 and a half. Um, I really like San Diego State, but my love for the Mountain West cost me dearly in the first two rounds. So, um, it, because I have Alabama as my highest ranked power or my highest power ranked team, I'm not going to like try to fit it in a tight window bet. San Diego State, plus the points. Plus, I think both defenses show up here. Um, uh, Bama's third in defensive efficiency. San Diego State's fifth. Uh, San Diego State plays at a really, really slow pace, and I think they'll be able to control the pace because Bama um, doesn't force a lot of turnovers, even though they're a quality defense, and they turn the ball over a real lot. So I'm on the under. I got a few more notes to it, but do you have anything in this game?
1: I'm with you. Everything I've seen at Alabama, like, it's so chalky, but they're the best team in the country. I mean, that's just what it looks like, you know. They were seeded number one. I think Vegas thinks they're number one. They're number one. They're the best team in the country. Yeah. that's Nothing that's happened in those two games makes me think they're not the best team in the country at this point.
0: Right. I mean, like, they were unimpressive versus Maryland in the first half, and they ended up beating them by, what, 22? Yeah.
1: And that's what good teams do, right? Like an unimpressive one half, and they're just like, all right, well, we'll just come out and beat the shit out of you in the second half.
0: Part of the reason why I'm going under, though, is because of that Alabama inconsistency. According to the Haslam metrics, they're 345th in consistency. So if they have a, another off half against the San Diego State defense, I feel even better about the under. San Diego State's went under the total in 10 straight games. Bama under the total in five of the last six According to a VEASAN, more money is on the under, but more bets are on the over. That's a pros versus Joe's angle. So um, I felt like this might be the one of the public unders. So I'm a little surprised that it's not. But
1: this might be the worst analysis I've ever had. But do you think people just think of Alabama and think about like Alabama football and just go, they score points like Alabama scores points? Might be the dumbest thing I've ever said, but I have a weird thought that the public just like sees the logo and goes, "That's a point scoring team."
0: Um, no, no, okay. I don't think so.
1: Is it the dumbest thing I've ever said on this podcast?
0: I don't believe. No, we're 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 workshopping ideas, betting <laughs> angles. I, I mean, the public does love Alabama, so if you're gonna, I think. I don't know. I am I guess I'm fading that uh, the public sentiment and the public's like confidence in Alabama's offense by by betting under one thirty seven and a half. I can't correlate the football's the football program's production with the basketball program's production. And they seem to be at odds. Um, you know, saving chastising uh, NATO's. That shit was maybe hilarious. maybe not.
1: We don't know. We don't know. Might not have meant it that way. Might not have used the exact same wording on purpose. <laughs> Nick Saban might not have considered how that might sound beforehand. The press conference that had been scheduled for days.
0: <laughs> nope he he had yeah that was not purposeful at all. No thoughts going in. Uh, do you have any other thoughts though of San Diego State Alabama?
1: No, I, I think it's pretty clear Alabama's going to win this region. Um, yeah, there's just not. Like I, I think they got like they then they're gonna get Creighton most likely. Like they Alabama they still managed to get like a pretty good draw out of it, I think.
0: I like Creighton.
1: Yeah, me too. But like they're not Alabama. They're just like they're not Alabama. No. But... I would have been more nervous with Alabama playing someone like Baylor who has guards that can take over a game than I'm worried about, you know, Ryan Kalkbrenner going off to take over a game and beat Alabama.
0: He's just He's so nasty defensively and it just it just makes everyone's he job hasn't faced easier. Brandon
1: Miller. He hasn't faced Brandon Miller. dude. He hasn't faced a lottery pick playing in that garbage ass conference you guys have over there.
0: I think Brenner is like a <laughs> I don't like that comment. I think I think Brenner <laughs> is like going to be a legit defensive center in the NBA. Like I kind of I kind of get Walker Kessler vibes from him. You know That's Walker fine. Walker Kessler of Auburn, right? You probably haven't paid attention with him at Utah. Yeah, he used
1: he. I don't know about him in the NBA, I remember he used <laughs> to block every shot, and he had like a twelve block game or some crazy shit.
0: He is a fucking animal. He, but calbrenner's not him. I mean, he's won de- Big East Defensive Player of the Year back to back years. Like, the reason why Creighton's three-point defense is good, I'm I'm kind of jumping ahead here. We're going to talk about that game after the next one. But, like, the reason their three-point defense is good is because they can extend it out to the perimeter because they don't give a shit about you driving into the paint. Not with that guy. I mean, he's seven-two, like, legit size. That's, like, something that Brandon Miller might have trouble with in the NBA. Um, but before we get into that, I am kind of fast forwarding and I got to get back on uh, schedule here. Miami five seed playing Houston one seed in the Midwest region tip off at the T mobile center in Kansas city, seven fifteen Pacific or Eastern standard time. Houston is currently seven point favorites down from seven and a half. So I don't know who's coming in on Miami. I would assume it's sharp money. I can't imagine. Um, the public's betting Miami, even though they are the more of a public um, favorite. In fact, I guess they're a public dog, according to the betting split, to just refresh the page. More money and more actions on Miami. I'm kind of with the suckers or the squares on this one. I just don't like what I've seen out of Houston's offense. I'm not a believer in this team, um, and I think they've been overrated the whole year. But I can only lean to Miami. I can't really get there on that on that not bad. Yeah.
1: I don't know that either of these teams is great. Um I like the winner of Xavier Texas to come out of this region and I like it to be Texas at this point. That could be my Penn State bias showing through, but um Yeah, I don't This is a game that has very well, I need Houston to win for my bracket probably, so hopefully they win, but I don't I don't care whether or not. See this is the, this is the thing too, like it's hard to bet on these games when like I already sort of have money on the outcome. Like, why would I bet Houston minus seven when, like, I want them to win? And also, Miami plus sevens, like, then I'm going to be sweating that middle? Like, nah.
0: I'm going to bet it because I'm a degenerate.
1: Yeah, but you don't – you're not on – like, the bracket thing doesn't apply to you. Like, you're going to bet it because you want – you know, whatever, because you're a degenerate. Fine, but, you know, like, I already want Houston to win. I need them to win for my big – so my – I haven't even really mentioned it, but my bracket that I'm most confident in the ones in fourth place out of twelve hundred teams, um I have Gonzaga winning it all. So that's that's pretty important. And I'm nervous about I'm nervous about this UCLA game if I'm being like fully just straight up honest with you. Um I'm less nervous about UConn or Arkansas, more nervous about UCLA. But I also like, you know, I have Michigan State and Tennessee in the Elite Eight. Like that See, again, we're back to this conversation. Like, the fact that I have that in any of the 10 brackets, like, that's still pretty damn good.
0: In any of the 10, I guess. I mean, I don't know. How, how much do you want to pat yourself on the back for getting one of your 10 <laughs> guesses right? <laughs> I don't know. I, I You did kind of change my opinion when you told me a $5 entry for a $1,200 prize pool. I was like, hey. Never mind. Why not? Why not? No, Throw well, out a few, few. Sh-
1: twelve hundred entries. So five bucks times twelve. So seven thousand dollar prize pool, or six thousand dollar
0: prize. Oh baby,
1: yeah. yeah for, first first place is like three grand. Second place like fifteen hundred. Like third place like a thousand. Like any in the top threes, thousand bucks.
0: That's fair. I just think publicly you should have one bracket and hold yourself to that.
1: Okay. No, that one's dead because I had Arizona. <laughs>
0: anyway. Um. The public I, again, I think they're on to something. Miami's seven and two as underdogs, fourteen and five against the spread as underdogs, fourteen five against the spread as winning versus winning teams. Houston's only eight and ten against the spread versus winning teams. Everyone loves Marcus Sasser, the point guard of, of Houston, but Isaiah Wong effectively cancels him out. Uh, Miami's got more momentum, better consistency, better away from home efficiency. Auburn missed seventeen free throws against Houston. That shit just isn't going to – you can't count on that, right? You can't count on a team missing 17 free throws. Houston allows a ton of three-pointers. Miami, 39th in uh, three-point percentage. They're 18th in free throw percentage. So if they kind of mirror Auburn's attack on Houston, get to the foul line a lot, they're going to make Houston pay. I I lean towards Miami plus seven and a half, but the thing that's keeping me away is just it's a public it's a public dog. And I don't want to be a sucker. Next game, we already talked about it uh somewhat at length. Fifteen seed Princeton playing Creighton, the sixth seed in the South region. Uh, Friday, nine o'clock, Eastern Standard tip off. Creighton is nine and a half, ten point favorites, depending on where you look. Uh I it's only a lean. Uh, but I lean to Creighton minus ten. I might get there by time by time um the game actually tips off or maybe earlier that morning give it out on an out kick. Arizona was a fifteen point favorite versus Princeton. And Arizona is not five points better than Creighton on a neutral field or a neutral court. That's kinda like the But they beat but the, they beat Arizona. Princeton,
1: yeah. But So the line was wrong.
0: The line so was wrong, but do you don't you don't think Princeton should have been the favorite, right?
1: No, but I'm saying like the line was just wrong, so it's kind of yeah, but of it's irrelevant. based on
0: millions of simulations, and if they played that game, whatever, a hundred times, like, well, I guess the the spread would probably be fifty fifty, but like Arizona beats them, beats the shit out of them more times than not.
1: I don't know, man. Like, I'm having trouble. Maybe it's just because of the Missouri game that got me knocked out, but like. Beat like that was impressive.
0: Like Missouri can't play any defense.
1: That's true, but Princeton beat Arizona, a team I really liked coming into the tournament, and they absolutely pantsed Missouri. And now you're you're getting ten.
0: Yeah, and they're a public dog, and that's kind of that's my second biggest note. It's like everyone's bracket got busted when they beat the 2 of Arizona. So people are looking at him like, I don't know, no one was that confident about Creighton. They kind of backed into the tournament. So I think they're seeing 10 here and like, you know, there's, there's no way Creighton's going to cover that number. But they do things I like when I'm betting a big favorite Creighton. They're 14th in free throw percentage as a team, third in defensive free throw attempt rate, so they're not sending opponents to the line a lot, 13th in defensive rebounding. Their ninth in defensive three point attempt rate. Princeton likes to chuck threes. If you're gonna bet a dog, especially a big dog, you want them to connect on a lot of threes. But Creighton, like I said earlier, they extend their perimeter defense out because they know the big is gonna cover any any like uh, any drives to the basket. So I'm a, and, and Creighton. Their shot profile is just far better. they're the second best dunk rate of any team left in the tournament third best close two point rate um they force the most far two pointers so it's it's I'll a lean take, but I'll take
1: i'll I'll take the ten here if you want to
0: okay deal it was just a lean, but I just can't I'm just not gonna back down on my own podcast. Let's do it um i
1: mean you' you don't have to pay the juice so you're getting some value
0: value. Yeah, we'll see. I'm down. Creighton ten. What's the other one that we got? You got uh, Tennessee minus five and I a
1: like, half. I like Tennessee. Yeah. Okay. Um,
0: we're on the
1: same side of the Gonzaga game.
0: That's a lean for me.
1: But we're—I mean—we're still—we're like on the same side there. I didn't really have. I mean, we're mostly simpatico on a lot of this stuff. It seems we just have two that we're. You know they're not crazy for. I, I really like Tennessee though. I, I think Tennessee is gonna is gonna put it to FAU. I
0: have four bets. I got Arkansas plus four. I got Florida Atlantic plus five and a half. I'm under one thirty seven and a half in Alabama, San Diego State, and I'm taking a side. In the final game, we're going to talk about three seed Xavier playing two seed Texas in the Midwest Regional final game of the Sweet Sixteen slate. Tips off Friday nine forty five. Texas is currently four point favorites, totals 148.5. Uh, I'm going with the Big East school. I, I actually wanted to bet Texas when I started my analysis or started my research, and I just can't figure out why Texas is four points better than, than Xavier. So I'm going to just take the points considering 70% of the money is on Texas, and I can't figure out why. It's,
1: first of all, it's Xavier. What do I say? You say Xavier.
0: Yeah. Well, I don't know. It's just how I just how I pronounce it. What do you want from me? Um but
1: I want you to pronounce it correctly.
0: Xavier. Alright, whatever. I will give you my Xavier analysis. Um they've all their nine loss. five of their nine losses are by one or two points. They lost by four to Gonzaga, uh, which is not an embarrassing loss and a neutral floor. They're 12-4-1 against the spread versus winning teams. Texas is 12-11 against the spread versus winning teams. Xavier covers as a dog. They're um, 7-3-1 and as a dog. They're 7-2-1 and against the spread versus ranked teams. Here's the big thing and why I can't figure out Xavier being four-point dogs to Texas They're better in three of the four factors. They're a better shooting team, better rebounding team, and better at manipulating the officials. Texas hit one three-pointer versus Manipulating the officials? That's the easiest way for me to put. They have a high offensive uh, free-throw attempt rate and a low defensive free-throw attempt rate, but because I just had to say it all out, you just ruined my easy way to get to that point. (laughs) The shot profiles are even. Xavier has more size, the experience is even. I think Xavier has a strength on weakness edge with offensive rebounding. Texas actually isn't a good defensive rebounding team. I have Texas as a final four team. Um I bet Xavier to win the the Big East. They got just embarrassed by Marquette, so I think I kind of similar analysis to Kansas State. I just feel like I overreacted to the big the Big East conference result. Um and I, I for the life of me, I can't figure out why Texas would be four point favorites in this one. So I'll take it. Yeah,
1: I don't I don't disagree. Um even as a Penn State fan, like Penn State was hot coming into the tournament. Um but like they still almost beat Texas and Jalen Pickett played terrible. Like he played legit bad. I've not seen him and they still almost won that game. In a game where Jalen Pickett played the way he did and where Penn State shot threes the way they did that game should not have been close. It really shouldn't have. And that, to me, is is uh, a bit of a sign of weakness from Texas. So I'm kind of with you. Even though I don't love Xavier either, which is why I think Houston actually lucked out with a pretty good draw and why I think they're probably going to come out of this region. No, I'll, I'm, we're on a podcast. They're going to come out of this region. Um, is just basically because I don't like their opponents much. But I... Texas was not impressive to me against Penn State. Obviously, I watched every second of that game, and I just did not find them to be impressive.
0: Out of three hundred and sixty-three schools, Texas is two seventy-seven in true shooting, which factors inside the arc, outside the arc, and on the free throw line. These motherfuckers can't shoot; they're they're bricklayers. Like, I don't know. I don't. I don't really get
1: it. And I would. I just like you hold Penn State. You hold Penn State to 29% from three, Jalen Pickett to 11 points on five for 13 shooting. He had seven turnovers, and you win by five in a game that was, like, tight down to the end?
0: Penn State took a lead with, like, three minutes left, I think, and then their offense just fell off a yeah. cliff.
1: With with Andrew Funk hitting two of ten. For, like, literally everything going into that game, if you were Texas, that you needed to go right to just hammer Penn State happened, and they didn't. Yeah, that's that's concerning.
0: Penn State missed a lot of makeable looks. Like it was more of a bad Penn State game than it was a good Texas game. One hundred percent. So, that's the fourth bet that I have here. It feels and
1: what's uh, Dessou played out of his mind. Like that kid's not that good. I don't know what Penn State made him look like he was the greatest player on the planet for some reason. I don't know what the hell was going on there. It was it was very irritating. Was that the big? Yeah, it's the super lanky kid. Um. He was 14-20 to 20 from the field.
0: Yeah, and it was a lot of career inside high. the arc, right? He didn't hit a three, yeah, they, did
1: he? No, he was 0-for-1. It was literally 14-of-19 four, from two-point range. Just dominant. Scored 28 points, which I'm pretty sure was his career high. Xavier. He's a, se- he's a senior, scoring his career high. So, like, he's played he's played some games. <laughs> he's never done
0: that. Uh, Xavier's got a legit seven-footer that could, that could defend this fool. Jack Nunge think that's how you pronounce oh, Nungi. it. Nungi.
1: Yeah, come on, buddy. Jeez. We gotta we gotta have a conversation with you about pronunciations,
0: dude. I don't I don't bake that into my research. <laughs> or, uh, I like
1: I do like me some Jack Nungi, so I'm with you there.
0: Xavier has four starters that have an above average three point percentage. If you have four guys that can shoot it that well, you, they move the ball pretty well.
1: We're on I, the same side. Yeah. We can agree.
0: All right. Cool. So I'm liking Xavier plus four. We're oppo and Creighton minus 10 versus Princeton, to be fair and clear. That's a lean for me, but I just can't chicken out of uh, Dan's challenge. I'm going under 137.5, San Diego State, Alabama, Florida Atlantic plus five and a half, and Arkansas plus four. That's what I got.
1: I like Tennessee. I like uh, over in the Arkansas-UConn game. Uh, I like Xavier, and i like – Princeton
0: nice obviously I probably Dan will be back to break down the final four uh, schedules pending obviously I'm taking a week off here for golf you didn't see the golf podcast see so your outkick bets feed it just came up too quickly so probably circle back and hit the Valero Texas open next week but best of luck to you guys here in the sweet 16 of the NCAA tournament Hopefully it's more profitable, at least for me, than the first two rounds. Dan, good stuff today.
1: Yeah, hopefully I am hopefully I still have a chance to win the 1,200 entry bracket by the time we reconvene next week.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, how many brackets do you still have live?
1: Uh, Probably <sighs> – we'll, we'll find out after this weekend. It's not worth going through the permutations to figure out what's live and what's not. I have two that are for sure a lot.
0: Well, best of luck. I'll, I'll be rooting for you.
1: Thank you. I will tell you all 20 things I need to have happen to go right to keep all my brackets in play.
0: (laughs) All right. All right, homies. Best of luck to you guys, and I'll talk to you next week or maybe later this week, but peace.